This is the Moira Pentecostal Church Podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope that you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. So I want to just draw your attention again in the Word of God. It's back to Genesis 32. We were talking last week about Jacob. The title of the message was The Breaking and the Blessing. And just as a recap of last week, we talked about Jacob and his situation. God had called him back to the land, the land of his fathers. How he had been living in, in, in the Shinar, the land of Shinar, Mesopotamia, with his uncle Laban. But God had called him back to the land that he had promised his forefathers, Abraham and Isaac. But he was coming back and Jacob was going to have to deal with his past and he was going to have to deal with his attitude because the name Jacob means a schemer. You know, in its basic terms, it means a schemer. And Jacob lived up to his name. How he had stolen the blessing, even though the blessing was promised to him, but he had stolen it. He had lied to his father Isaac, or Isaac, and he had to get out of the land because his brother Esau was angry at him and wanted to kill him. And for 20-odd years, he lived in this land with his uncle Laban. But God still had a plan for Jacob's life, and God called Jacob back to the land. But he was going to have to deal with some issues in his life. There was going to have to be a breaking in Jacob's life. And we talked about how he came to, in verse 24, and how it says that Jacob was left alone on this side of the, of the, of the river, of the brook Jabbok. He didn't go forward into the land because he couldn't go forward the way he was. So he was left alone with God. And we said, how it's good to be alone with God. Because when we're alone with God, we get a true picture of our true nature. We can project something to others around us. We can project something with when we're in the crowd. But when we're alone with God, that's who we truly are. And sometimes that's difficult reading. Sometimes that's difficult to survey your life. And you maybe want to car away from it and ignore it and put it to the back of your mind. But God wants to break us and bring that forward into the front of our mind so that we can deal with it. So we got alone with God and there came a man, and we believe that this was a, a, an Old Testament incarnation of Jesus himself, of God himself came and wrestled with him. And how we said that it was God himself who came to wrestle with Jacob. Jacob didn't come to wrestle with God. God came to wrestle with Jacob. And we should be thankful for that because it shows God's love for us. It shows God's concern for us that he wants to pour something into our lives that we've never had before. But he's going to have to wrestle some things out of our lives. He's going to have to wrestle some things out of our hands that we want to be in control of. But we've seen how Jacob was determined. He couldn't go forward. He'd come to this place that he couldn't go forward unless there was a change. And the man said, the angel says, let me go for the day breaks. And he had to say this twice to him. But Jacob would not let go. It tells us how the angel touched his hip. 
Well, that's, we said that spoke of our own devices, our own stance, the things in our lives that we want to be in control of. But how many knows that God wants to be in control of our lives? Because we're in control of our lives, we make a mess. And let's be honest, we make a mess of our own lives. But God wants to pour great blessing into our lives. So Jacob had went from fighting and wrestling to clinging to God. And that's the best place he could have been in, was clinging to God himself with nothing else to stand on except God. You know, it reminded me last week, I didn't say, you know, in the Song of Solomon, it talks about the Shulamite girl. And there's one verse within it, and it's her, her family and her, her brothers see her coming up out of the wilderness. And they say, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? God wants us to lean upon him. God wants us to cling to him because God is concerned for our lives. So this came to the place where Jacob was broken. His hip was out of joint physically, but spiritually, his life was now dependent upon God. So what did he do? We want to just carry on today, and I want to just talk about the blessing. Because even though there's a breaking, and it's painful, and it's sore, but God does it, and he wants to bring a blessing into our lives. For each of us here this morning, God wants to bring blessing into your lives. And maybe in your situation, you're finding that hard to believe. But listen, God is a faithful God. God is a God who still hears prayer. God is a God who still had a plan for Jacob's life because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God will bring blessing into your life because he has a plan for your life. But there's some things need broken. Some things need dealt with. And God wants to do that. So it came to this stage in verse 26. And again, the angel says, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. And what does Jacob say? And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. I will not let you go except you bless me. Jacob had only one reason to exist now. He had only one thing that he wanted and he had only one thing that he desired. He says, except I'm not letting go of you, God, except you bless me. And he's at this stage now where that's the only thing he has. That's the only thing that is worth anything to him. I need the blessing of God. I need the blessing of God above all things. And for us this morning, that is the thing that we need. We need the blessing of God above all things. And that's why I think in the Bible that God always warned the people about getting involved in the land with other people, in situations. You know, God, when, when the children of Israel were getting into the land... He says, I'm going to give you this land that you haven't fought for. I'm going to give you cities that you haven't built. I'm going to bless you. And then in the very next verse is a small word that God says, beware. Because he knows the heart of man. That if we can get involved in the blessing and in all of these things, it'll draw our attention away from God. 
that God wants our focus fully upon him. So Jacob's come to the place of one thing and one thing only. Are you there this morning? Is God drawing you to that place where there's only one thing that you desire in your life? What did King David say? One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One thing. The man of God wants one thing. The woman of God wants one thing. I will not let you go except you bless me. What is this blessing? What is the blessing of God? We talk about, you know, as Pentecostals, we talk about getting a touch from God. We talk about, you know, God, give me a blessing. But I believe this is so much deeper than just a small touch from God. It's much deeper than just a thing that God does for us. What is this blessing? What's so valuable about it that it's worth this fight? What's so valuable about it that it's worth everything that we can give? What's so valuable about this blessing? Well, we read last week in Genesis 31 when God called him. And this is what the blessing is. Verse 3, it says, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred. And listen, this is the blessing. And I will be with thee. That's the blessing. Notice God doesn't say, I will do all of these things for you. Although that's a part of it. But he says, I will be with thee. The blessing is the presence of God himself. Listen, if there's anything we can get from God that we should desire above everything, it is the presence of God. We talk about getting things from God, and that's because God's so good, that's part of what he does. But it's the presence, the very presence of God himself. It's the awareness that God is with us. You know, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they had the pillar of cloud by, uh, by day and the pillar of fire by night. And it was God's presence manifested as a pillar of cloud, ma manifested as a pillar of fire, but it was God himself that walked with his children. It was the presence of God. It's the presence of God that, stroke, that struck fear into the children of Jericho. It wasn't just all of these two million people coming, but Jericho realized that it was the presence of God that was with these people that struck fear into them. I've heard people talking to Pastor Jericho, the people were shouting from the walls and, and, and calling them names. Listen, that's not what the Bible says. It says Jericho was tightly shut up because of the children of Israel, because the presence of God was with them. The fame of the children of Israel, of what God had done for them, had come before them, of Egypt, all of the miracles, how they had crossed the Jordan because of the presence of God. And this is why it's so important that we have the presence of God, that we look beyond just what God can give us and we look to the very person of God himself. Let me prove this to you. Turn to him with me to Exodus 33. 
This is the story of Moses and how the children of Israel, how he's been up the, the mountain and God has been ministering and writing the Ten Commandments and he has met with them. And then how the children of Israel had made a calf that said, and this is only a matter of maybe five, six weeks after coming through all of these miracles. And they've built a calf to worship. Give us a God to worship. And Aaron builds them a calf. And he says to them, here's your God that has brought you out of Israel. And God says to Moses, get down from the mountain to the people that you have brought out of Egypt. And notice what he says. He says, these people you have brought out of Egypt. Not that I have brought out of Egypt. But he says, get down. Verse 1 of 33. And the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up hence. Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. Unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Saying unto thy seed will I give it. So God has said, my presence is not going to go with you. I was listening to this during the week. I don't want to take credit for this, because this is why I brought you to the, this chapter. And, and the guy was saying about, well, well, we'll read it and we'll make some comments. And God says, I won't go with the people. But he says, go up into the land that I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Now you look, the promise is the same. The promise is the same. And God says, and I will send an angel before you. And I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I'll bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go, for I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Now let's think about that. The promise is the same. God still wants to bring you into the land. God still wants to bless you. But he says to Moses, I'll send an angel before you. Now think about this. You could still have my blessing. I'll still do what I said I will do, but I won't go with you. It'll be an angel that leads you and it'll be an angel that guides you, but I won't go with you. Now, just maybe that's that's think today. That's a good deal to some, but I can still get everything that I want. I can still get the blessings of God. Now we don't have the presence of God, but we have God's angel with us. But that's not what Moses wants. That's not what Moses wants for God's people. For the Lord said unto Moses, verse 5, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out, out onto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And we can see how there is one Moses and there is some of the congregation who want the presence of God. They want the presence of God and they come to the camp 
And look what it says in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, thou, and, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast says, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in thy sight. And Moses is starting to deal with God for the people. Moses is saying, you call, these are not my people, these are your people. And God starts to remind, Moses starts to remind God, these are your people. He reminded him of his promises to Abraham and to Isaac. These are your people, God. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Listen to what he says. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. God changed his mind because of the, the intercession of Moses. But hold on. Think about ourselves. We could still have the promises of God. We could still have a measure of blessing in our lives. But what about the presence of God? We could still have the things. But Moses says, I want your presence. And this, I believe, is the same blessing that Jacob is asking for. Lord, I need your presence. That's the blessing of God. Let me just read a bit further. Verse 18. And this is where God, Moses is asked to see the face of God. He's asked to see his glory. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Look what God said to him. I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. God didn't say I'm going to show you all these things. God says, I'm going to show you myself. Because without, the things without God are just things. But the presence of God is in him himself. The blessing of God is him himself. When God said to the children of Israel in the wilderness, he said to Moses about the tent, he says, build a tabernacle. Why? That I may dwell among you. God's desire is to dwell among his people in his presence. And when he sent Jesus, he came himself, God with us. What is the blessing? What is the blessing? It's not just a touch from God. It's God himself. And if there's one thing we need, it is the presence of God. What did David say? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness. King David knew what he was talking about. He says in verse Psalm 51 in the Psalm of Repentance, he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, take not your presence from me. Listen, we can exist in this building as more a Pentecostal church without the presence of God. But we will have no blessing. We can have a measure, but we want the presence of God. We want God to fill this house. You want God to fill you. Amen. You are his house.
The presence is not just what God can do for you. The presence is God himself. And that's why God says, seek my face. Seek my face. Don't seek. Yes, there's blessings to seek, but it all comes out of seeking his face. Listen, I don't want an angel going before me. I can still have a bit of blessing with that. But listen, what God wants us to have is his presence. What's the phrase sometimes we use? It's his presence that makes the feast. It's his presence that makes the feast. If he's not there, we've just gone out for dinner. To be crude about it. It's his presence that makes the feast. You know, married couples and, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, you go out for dinner and it's dinner for two. Well, it's not very nice when you turn up and there's no one facing you. What makes a dinner is not what you eat, it's who you're with. It's the presence of the person with you. You're sitting there eating dinner on your own, you sort of people looking at you and think, oh, sad. <laughs> Nobody loves him. <laughs> Anybody have that experience? No, I don't want you to admit to that. But it's the presence. It's the presence. It's the communication. It's the communion with one another. It's the presence we require of God. And this is what we uh, uh, this this is what this blessing is. God, I need your presence, your very presence. Heaven without God, it's just another resort for want of a word, better word. But with the presence of God there, He makes it heaven. God wants us to have His very presence. What about all the things? They just come out of the presence of God. What about the blessings coming out of the presence of God? But it's the person himself of God that we require. What's the effect of the blessing? And he said unto him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thy power with God and with men and has prevailed. He says, my name is Jacob. And, I, you know, the way I look at this, this is Jacob's last look at the reality of who he really is because God's about to bless him. God's about to do something different in his life. You know, and as pastor said, even in the past, and you know yourself, because of his name means schemer and, and, and supplanter and all of the old habits that he had of lying and cheating and getting his own way. That's how he was known. You're known by your name. And in a way, it's Jacob's last confession. He's open before God and he says, God, this is who I am. I am Jacob. Not trying to hide anymore. He's not trying to to be fancy anymore. There's no crowd around to be a different person and smile. When on the inside, he knows who he really is. He's open before God, and he says, "God, I am Jacob. I am Jacob." But the important thing about Jacob 
is Jacob wanted to be different. Yes, Ari stole the blessing, but he wanted the blessing of God. Esau couldn't care less about the blessing. Jacob, Esau didn't want to be different. Esau could, could have took the blessing of God, take it or leave it. But Jacob wanted the blessing of God. And maybe today you look at yourself and you think, I am this and I am that. And it's good to take a survey of your life at times. It's good to search yourself. As the psalmist says, Lord, search me and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But it's good to be honest before God. Listen, you know your quirks. I know my quirks. I know sometimes I can be a bit, I suppose in my own stupidity, a bit sharp at times. And, and I know all my wee quirks and my wee secret sins and things that are weaknesses. And I'm a good grand because you know yours. And that's who you are. As standing as Jacob. But God wants to come into our lives and change things. And I believe you want to be different. You that know Christ this morning, you want to be different. Oh, if I could only do this, if I could only do that. But we stand before the one who can do it within us. And then he says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. What a blessing this is. What a blessing that God is just about to bestow upon him. You will be called Israel. You, you schemer, will be no more called that. You are now a prince with God. Only God can take a schemer and make him a prince. Only God can take a sinner and make him a saint. Only God can do this, and he wants to do it in your and my life. John Phillips, the commentator, puts it this way. We, now, we, we come now to the second great spiritual crisis in Jacob's life. At Bethel, he saw the ladder. And this was the measure of some blessing in God's life, or in Jacob's life. At Bethel, he saw the ladder. At Jabbok, he saw the Lord. At Bethel, he became a believing man. Here, he became a broken man. At Bethel, he became a son of God. Here, he became a saint of God. He came away with Bethel with a new spring in his step. He came away from the Jabbok with a lasting limp in his walk. At Bethel, he died to sin. And here, he died to self. Only God can do that within us. And I believe and I know, I know we want to be different. We want to be different. And God will bless us. God will bless us. He got three things. He got a new name. And he got a new nature. And he got a new position. He got from, went from Jacob to Israel. The new nature that came with it. The schemer has gone and the prince has come. Do you know that God has made us kings and priests unto our God? You've been made a king and priest unto our God. We've been given a new nature. The old man is gone. The new man has come. 
But this is not even I'm talking about salvation. This is a change of character. This is a work of sanctification and what God wants in our lives. He gave him a new nature and he gave him a new position. Where once, that's Jacob, keep an eye on him. Now it's you are a prince with God and men. A prince with God and men. Jacob is a different man before God, but he's also a different man before men. To me, that's wonderful. Only God can do that work on the inside. What a blessing. What a difference the presence of God makes. And now he's at the place where he can enter the land. In the body, in the flesh, he could not enter the land, and he knew it. And in this flesh, we can't enter into the deeper things of God. But in spirit, he is now a prince with God and a prince with men. And in spirit, we can enter into the land and into the blessings of God. I don't believe, you know, Jacob had sent his family before him. He'd split them up into two, two, two groups and he didn't cross in himself. But I can almost see it. Jacob, after this encounter, after this name change, after Jacob became Israel, yes, he had to hobble. In body, he couldn't stride into the land. But in spirit, he strode into the land. And in, in the spirit, when God blesses us and touches us and his present come, we can stand tall. We can stand strong. We can stand boldly before God and men, all because of the presence of God. We can step forward. Yes, the world will still say, that's them, we keep an eye on them. But listen, in spirit, we know that we are a new creation, that we are different, that we have put one foot in front of the other and we have walked in the footsteps of God because God is now leading us where before we were leading God and doing our own thing, but God, we're walking now with God firmly, our feet planted strongly in the presence of God. That's the blessing of God. That's the difference the blessing of God makes in, in our lives. Where once he stole the blessing, he's now surrendered. And he now finds that with God, to get God's presence, it's all about surrender. And supplication doesn't have to fight anymore for it doesn't have to steal it he doesn't have to connive he has to ask God bless me Lord bless me Lord isn't it interesting that the old Jacob stole the blessing and now we find him here asking for the blessing but when the old nature is gone we can boldly ask God Lord bless me Oh, that you would bless me. You think of the other name changes in the Bible. And it all denotes new positions, new natures, and new names. Abraham became Abraham because he was going to be the father of a great nation. Sarai became Sarah. Simon became Peter, the rock. And Saul became Paul. I went on and we read all of his exploits. But God changed them from the inside out. This is a change 
not from the, ins uh, the outside in, but this is a change from the outs inside out. It comes from the inside. What does the Bible say? Out of our innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Not in, out. God does a work in the spirit. He does a work in the heart. That's what the presence of God does. And it touches all around it. Let me just read just quickly something for, to you from First Chronicles. You don't have to turn to it. Again, it's just an illustration of someone who wanted the blessing. We know the story. There was a book written a lot of years back and it was a big thing. But let's not miss. And it's the story of Jabez. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him in with sorrow. And here's Jabez with a name that means sorrow. His character is tainted by it. And, you know, God's not going to give you a new name here today unless you change it by depot and let's, if God leads you that way, that's all right, but I don't think so. <laughs> but the character needs to change. And Jabez says, I am not going to let my name, I am not going to let this character dictate my future and dictate my life. What does he ask for? And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. That was a great story of what God does in someone's life. We call out to God, and God granted his request. Listen, the presence of God is what we're looking for. I love the things of God, but there's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing that touches your life like the presence of God. You will be a different man. You will be a different woman that you never even imagined could happen. Jacob was a schemer and walked away from here a prince. He walked away a prince with God and a prince with men. He called the name of the place in verse 30, Peniel. means for I have seen God face to face. He came and he had an encounter with God. Only the presence of God will do. He didn't say, I got all, this thing, all these things from God. No, he says, I have seen God face to face. And it changed them. Changed them from the inside out. It's the presence of God. And verse 31, we're almost finished. And he passed over Penuel. The sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. There's two things there. And I like the way the Bible puts it. It says the sun, the sun rose upon him. It doesn't say the sun came up. It doesn't say it was a new day, although it was. It says the sun rose upon him. And I don't think that's put that way by accident. Do you ever get one of those, well, we'll maybe see it in May, maybe June, July time, but when we get the winter over. And do you ever get one of those days, maybe, I remember one time being at work and it was, I think it was May, and the sun just came up this particular day. 
and you feel the heat of it on your face or maybe on your back and you think, that's nice because you haven't felt it for a long time and you think, oh, that's nice. And it doesn't matter what's going on around, you could be very busy, but just for that little moment, you maybe turn around and lift your face into the sun and you soak up a wee bit of that heat and you think, that's nice. And I think the way the Bible puts this, the sun rose upon him spiritually. He turned himself towards the sun, S-O-N, and he shone upon him. And this was a new day for Jacob. This was a day like no other day. This was, in a way, the first day of Jacob's life, his new life with God. The sun rose upon him and he felt the warmth of it. This is a new day. And only the presence of God gives us a new day. And then it says, and he halted upon his thigh. From this day, Jacob walked differently. Jacob walked differently physically. It goes on to talk about how the, the Jews don't eat the sinew that shrank. From this day, Jacob walked differently. And everyone around saw it. His family, when he came over and he met them in the beginning, they saw the limp. The people of the land saw the limp. Everyone around saw the limp. But spiritually speaking, everybody saw the difference in Jacob's life. They didn't look at him and say, there's a schemer. They saw a prince. They saw one, someone who had been touched by the presence of God. Someone different. And when God touches our lives, listen, somebody's going to see it. Everyone's going to be affected. It's going to have an effect on those around. For some good, but for some, for some, for some bad, but some good. The walk's going to be different. Your life is going to be different. The old things you used to do, you're not going to do anymore. There's a different Jacob. And he has walked into the land with the presence of God. He's walked in as a prince with God. His family saw the difference. His people saw the difference. And the people of the land saw the difference. God's presence makes all the difference. God's presence doesn't make the difference. God's presence is the difference. We need God himself. And over these, these two weeks, these two messages, you know, God has put in my heart, yes, there needs to be a break-in in our lives. But it's so that can come the great blessing of God's presence. And I believe you want it. I want it. But we have to then call out to God and say, God, do in me what needs to be done. Give me the grace to say yes to you. Give me the grace, because you can't do it on your own. God has to come and wrestle with us. But God wants to come and wrestle with us because he wants to bless us mightily. God still has a plan for the church. Has he had a plan for Abraham? 
Isaac, and he still had a plan for Jacob. And to this day, God still has a plan for the church. God still has a plan for you. And he wants to give us his presence. Jacob still had to face Esau. But he faced him with the, with the presence of God. Where before he would have schemed something with Esau, he would have connived something to appease him. But he walked into the land and met Esau with the presence of God. The problems didn't go away. Still had to face them. But there's nothing like facing a problem with the presence of God. And knowing that God is with us. A prince walked into the land of God that day. With the mark of God upon him. And with the presence of God with him. We need the presence of God. And God wants to bless us with his presence. Church, you know, I hope you've been challenged this last couple of weeks. And uh, these are verses uh, maybe over the last number of years that have been, that have spoke to me time and time again. And I'm saying, Lord, would you bless me? Would you bless me? I can't go forward except you bless me. Is that our attitude this morning? Is that the one thing that we require? That's the place God wants to bring us to. And what it opens is a door into the very, very presence of God. That we will know him. And, and as I said, have prayers answered like we never even knew before. Because we are right before God. It's the breaking and the blessing. I suppose you could put it, the breaking, then the blessing. Because God can't bless until he breaks. And the breaking is tough at times. But the blessing more than makes up for it. What did the children of Israel say when they were, when they were allowed to go back into the land? We were like a people who dreamed and we laughed. When we find our dreams fulfilled and that laughter of God coming into our lives, listen, when we look back, that pain doesn't mean a thing. The Bible talks about when a woman gives birth, there's pain and there's agony. But when the child comes forth, all of that's forgotten. But we have to call out to God and say, God, we want your presence. That's the only thing that's going to make the difference. God's presence makes the feast. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just give you thanks this morning for your word. We praise you for it. Lord, we thank you that your word is good for us. It challenges us. It provokes us. It lifts us. Lord, it is your word to us. And Lord, your word tells us this morning that you want to give your presence to us, that you want to reveal yourself to us. Lord, I ask you this morning that you would reveal your presence to your people. Lord, everyone in this building, everyone that is a member of this church, Lord, 
Lord, I ask you that you would reveal your presence to us. Lord, we don't want to go without your presence. Tripping along, having a little bit of success, and then dropping back into a pit. But Lord, we want to stride into the land knowing that our God is with us. Lord, we say this morning, we cannot go forward except you bless us. Lord, we want your presence. We want your presence. Help us to cling to you and to call out for that blessing. And Lord, I pray that, we, that someday, Lord, soon, maybe even today for some in this room, Lord, that that sun will rise upon them. That that sun will rise upon them. And Lord, your mark will be upon their lives. That will say, God is God in my life. Lord, we praise you and we worship you for your word. Lord, I ask you that your spirit would be poured out. That we wouldn't just hear this and go away and say that was good. But Lord, that we would go away and we would seek your face. And that we would meet with you. And that we would be different because we have met with our God. Lord, I give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Bless your people. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or even download the Sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.